Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports, The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, fall is officially underway, and with it, of course, high school seniors and juniors are now actively looking at colleges for sports. Now, if your kid's an athlete, finding the right program is absolutely essential if he or she wants to extend their athletic career to the next level. I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, there are a lot of colleges to look at, obviously at all different levels, Division One, Two, II, and Three. There are junior colleges out there. But you have to do your homework with your son or daughter to make sure they find the right place. The problem is that for most athletes and their parents, of course, going through the recruiting process is at times exhilarating. But most of the time, it's extremely confusing. It's baffling. Your, your son or daughter, they're reaching for the next rung on the athletic ladder, and yet there's just really no set pathway or guide or map to get them through the process. It is, is very, very daunting. So each year, in order, to help, in order to help you give you a chance, I like to bring on Wayne Mazzoni, the, the longtime pitching coach at Sacred Heart University in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Wayne also happens to be a national expert when it comes to the college recruiting process. Uh, and every time I bring Wayne on the show, we have lots of calls, lots of questions for him, because obviously, as I mentioned, this is a very complicated process. And for so many youngsters and, and their parents, uh, this is the sort of the crowning achievement to go on to, to find a place to play in college. Uh, we know the numbers, the stats are very, very uh, adamant about the fact that so few high school varsity athletes ever go on to make a college team. But again, it all starts with finding the right school for your son or daughter. And of course, our number here is 1-877-337-6666. I urge you, by the way, to contact Wayne with any questions you may have. He can be reached at waynemazzoni.com. And when you go on his website, you'll find his book there for sale, Athletic Recruiting and Scholarship Guide. Hey, Wayne, good morning. Good to talk to you again. Hey, Rick. Good morning. How are you? I am fine. Wayne, let's just get into this because obviously... Uh, I have a bunch of questions, and I'm sure that uh, my listeners will as well. But let's start with this one. Let's say that uh, you're a high school senior, uh, and and you've had a, a wonderful uh, high school varsity career in your particular sport or even travel team. But at this point, it's October, and, and you really haven't heard much from any college coaches out there who are looking to perhaps bring you into their program. Um, as a high school senior now, you know, what, what can or what you, should you do? Now, we're again, we're, we're into the October process. Uh, this assumes that um, you, you must realize by the time you're a senior that you're obviously not on the, on the radar 
of these coaches. But what do you do at this juncture? I know there are some programs, particularly in baseball, will have like showcases for, you know, uh, high school seniors who had not been looked at or not been uh, have been sort of a passed over. What, what 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 would you advise a high school senior, regardless if it's baseball or any sport, to do at this point? Oh, that's a great question. I think if you're looking at the majority of sports, you're a high school senior, October, you haven't had one meaningful interaction or conversation, mm-hmm. it's time to realize you're, you're probably not playing in college at any level. Uh, maybe it's time to just you know start looking at the schools you like, regardless of sports. Right. Maybe you consider going to play club sports. Possibility that even maybe at the D3 level, things could still happen since they work a little bit later. Uh, but even D3 recruiting is, has changed in the last 10 years with all the kind of the events that go on. So I don't think – I think if you haven't heard from a coach at all, you're probably unlikely to, and the reality has to set in that it's probably not going to work, with the exception maybe of the of the sports that are in play right now, so especially football. A right. kid could be on a high school football team, has not broken out or had a lot of success, but has a great fall – you know, football's different in that there's no travel teams. You're not on a summer team that's all over the country playing football. So, And football is heavily recruited on video. So some kid right now could be playing high school football, not really getting much attention, but actually could play in college. The other sports, it's it's going to be one in a thousand that goes from not hearing from anybody that's going to actually play in college. Well, it's funny, and I wanted to segue into this, Wayne, because uh, you know, obviously with uh, the, the football giants, uh, Daniel Jones is now the, you know, the rising star, um, and, and of course he was a big star at, at Duke as a quarterback. But curiously, people now begin to realize, and, and Jones will talk about this, he said, well, I was a walk-on at Duke, uh, and that seems kind of curious because the kid is, what, 6'5", and he runs uh, with great speed, has a great arm. How could he be a walk-on? It turns out that when he was growing up, uh, I guess, in Charlotte, uh, his last year in high school football, he was injured and didn't play. And, of course, college coaches, you know, they, they realize the kid obviously has some athletic ability, but who would want to take a chance and give a kid a full scholarship if he didn't play his senior year in high school? It's a big if. So when he went to Duke... Uh, and he sat down and talked to the head coach there. He said, well, you're a walk-on. We think, you know, this is great that it's, you, we see that you're healthy and you can play. But it wasn't until his, um, the, I guess, the second half of his freshman year that he was actually given a scholarship. But again, what I'm, my point I'm trying to make is that so many kids today figure, okay, I had a great career in high school. I'll go on as a walk-on to any program. Uh, and that's just, a, it's not a good formula for success because very few D1 programs are going to take walk-on seriously, even if they're a so-called recruited walk-on. They don't get much of a shot to show what they can do. Well, that, that, that brings up a good point, is that I think there really should be two different names for walk-ons. Okay. There, is the, there is the recruited walk-on that basically, let's say, you know, you just take Daniel Jones. You know, there's only a certain amount of scholarships per year that Duke can give out for football. So once they fill their allotment of scholarships, they still need more players. And they're heavily recruiting those players. They just aren't, aren't offering them a scholarship. So those are recruited walk-ons, kids they really want, kids that probably had other options. I'm sure Daniel Jones had some other options, but he wanted Duke, yep. and they just didn't have any scholarship money. That's very different from the old-school walk-on who no one has ever heard of yeah. and just shows up on campus, looks for a sign that says tryouts, <laughs> and makes the team. That's almost a goner these days. 
Let me let me stop you there because I'm glad you made that point. That the and again, this all lingers back from the old movie Rudy, uh, and you know, just trying out as a walk on, and some some magic is going to happen. That doesn't happen right. anymore. We're talking uh, this morning with Wayne Mazzoni. We're talking about the ins and outs of the college recruiting process, particularly if you're a high school senior and junior. Again, a lot of obstacles, pitfalls you want to avoid. Uh, We're going to continue our conversation with Wayne after uh, Kevin Dexter is here this morning with the update. Again, our number is 1-877-337-6666. And welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. Uh, We're talking with Wayne Mazzoni today about the the arduous process of uh, being recruited for a college sports program. And Wayne, uh, let me keep throwing some tough questions at you. Let me ask you this, and we'll get to our calls in a second. You know, what happens if uh, you're a high school athlete, you're junior or senior, let's say, and um, you you do hear from a college coach, uh, and the coach says, uh, well, we're definitely interested in you. Uh, in fact, I'll be back in touch with you next week to follow up. And so you're excited about this. It sounds really good. Your parents are excited. And then a week goes by, and you don't hear anything. Um so now the high school athlete really doesn't know what to do. Uh, they're sort of left hanging out there. Do, would you advise the, 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 that athlete to try to reach back out to the coach or, or just assume that he was just being polite but wasn't really that interested? I mean, this does happen a lot, as I hear this from a lot of uh, kids. What would you recommend a kid do with a situation like that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it, one of the things we have to keep in mind here is what the job is like for the college coaches that – it really has become somewhat overwhelming with the sheer amount of players in each sport and the amount of coaches doing the recruiting. So, you know, you just take soccer, you might have two, maybe three coaches doing the recruiting, yep. and yet there's thousands and thousands of kids playing all over the the, the country, but, you know, in the, certainly even just the tri-state area or the Northeast. So I think coaches only reach out when they really like somebody. We're not in the process of going, hey, let me let me get this kid really excited just to set him up so I don't call you know, call them back in a week. So when we reach out to somebody, you know, we're genuinely very interested. Now, it could be that something else comes along. We find out information uh, that the kid doesn't check out academically or we do our research and now we're no longer interested. Most coaches are going to say, listen, we've moved on. We we found somebody else, but others may just move on and, and not tell you that. And I would highly encourage the player to reach out and say, coach, you know, is this going to move forward? I'm really interested in and most coaches will respond to that. So we're not in the business of trying to get hopes up and then take them away. Okay, but I'm glad you made it very clear that, yeah, if you haven't heard back from that program, that coach, yes, go out and or, or email them or text them or whatever, call them and just say, coach, still interested in hearing from you. But as you said, the coach is interested. He's probably or she's probably doing their homework on the youngster and saying, well, academically, he or she doesn't really project, or we found a better prospect, or we've heard things that on social media we didn't want to hear. But, yeah, they're doing their homework, their due diligence, and that's so it's probably now upon the athlete to uh, to follow up and see what the story is. So the, you're just not waiting and waiting and waiting. You move on to your next next possible program. Let's, uh, let's, go, to, let's go to our callers at one 337 6666 Let's start first this morning. Uh, Jerry's out in Massapequa, Long Island. Jerry, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you? Good, Jerry. What's up? So I wanted to tell you, 
give a little bit of experience. I have um, two children that both played college sports. One played baseball and one played softball. Okay. And so looking at the recruiting side as opposed to when you're a student, first off, it's a very difficult process, as you, as you would, you know, already said. And when people get to college and play in college sports, it's not a piece of cake like they think it is. <laughs> you know, so right. I, I meet a lot, a lot of um, parents, because um, I'm a hitting instructor, so I meet I probably have a 50 people that I do student uh, applications and um, development of athletes with. And they assume their kid's going to go to college and play baseball, football, whatever it is, and just cruise through college without realizing that it's a full-time job. So um, my, both my kids, one went to a Division three program, went to a Division two program, and they both spent at least 40 hours a week on sports. So you're getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning, going to the weight room, going to class, come back from class, going to a two-, three-hour practice. Then after that, if you're a pitcher or a catcher, you're going to pitcher and catching uh, special um, classes at night. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a full-time job, even without travel. Then you throw travel weekends in there with it, playing doubleheaders, and your whole weekend is gone with, with no time to study. So that's, I mean, that's the reality of it when you get there. But... The recruiting process, the biggest advice that I can give to people is grades matter, you know, in, in other sports. Baseball, I mean, football and basketball might come down all to talent and be a little bit different, but grades matter when you get to um, Division two, Division one, Division three programs, whatever it is, because they have the scholarship money, which is academic money that the coaches can give out that have nothing to do with their sports scholarship. Well, now Jerry, I'm, so, I'm glad you brought that up, and, and uh, th- thank you for chiming in this morning because you bring up a very, very important aspect of this. And, Wayne, let's talk about that. You know, people dream, of course, and just as Jerry said, they sort of focus or, on, on the athletic scholarship, but there are academic uh, stipends as well. Tell me about your experience with that and Sacred Heart and other schools you know, in terms of the academics and the grades mattering and helping out with getting extra money. Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, you don't want to recruit anyone you're going to have to worry about in the classroom. You want to recruit kids that have, you know, good grades and they're going to manage their academic work in college, even though there's fail safes and study halls and and monitors and tutors and all that. But the reality is the very first thing we do after we find a player we like is get a transcript. So step one is, can we get this person accepted into the school? And then very much step two is, will they qualify for academic money and how much? And then then comes, the, for, you know, for my sport, the baseball money that we want to add in on top of that. So basically, all the kids that we deal with are getting a combination of academic and athletic money. So there's no question, the better your grades are, the more options you have in terms of which schools you can go to, and then how much money you're going to get. So I think, you know, kids probably already know, but maybe they hear it again, that your grades matter tremendously. Even once you've committed to a school as a junior sometimes, your senior year grades matter tremendously because your you know, ultimate academic package is after you've graduated high school. So you can't just coast through senior year and go, hey, they, they offered me this. No, you have, to, you have to earn that senior year too, and then you have to keep it while you're in college. You can't just blow off your work in college and keep getting the same academic package that you were getting. I, yeah, I think this is a point we really want to hammer because uh, the fact is most kids, and again, for, for kids or youngsters or maybe a little naive about this, uh, but uh, unless you're playing basketball at a D1 program or football where you get a full scholarship uh, for sports, uh, the vast majority of all the other sports uh, are pretty much not revenue producers. So that and you say I'm getting a scholarship, yeah, that's you're probably getting a partial ride 
uh, for athletics. And if you have any other academic money coming in from, from the school, that's going to help erase uh, a lot of that debt because you certainly don't want to, you know, we know already the kids today are graduating from colleges with a lot of student debt. And if you can keep your grades up and, and qualify for an academic as well as the athletic, uh, you know, uh, scholarship, you're going to make your, your situation a lot easier to cope with. And also to Jerry's point, and again, sometimes parents or kids don't get this either, because they're busy in high school. They go to high school class all day, and they go to practice for a few hours afterwards. But in college, <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't care if you're playing Division One, Two, or Three. You're going to be playing sports a good chunk of the day and sometimes into the evening. That's just how it is because at competitive programs, you know, there's a lot to cover. And, and I, you know, Wayne, you should just talk about that for a second because, yeah, I mean, the college coaches are, this is how they make their living, and they want their athletes to be available. Well, that's a great point, but I also think this. While both of you are certainly right, and it is a lot of time, the kids love it. You know that this is what they want to be <laughs> yes, doing. They, that's true. It's not. Oh my God, I got to go to practice. It's yes, I get to go to practice. I get to play at a high level. I've worked my whole life for this. So I, yeah, there could be a grind at times, no question about it. But I think kids do better academically when they're locked in with their sport because now they don't have as much time to screw around and play Fortnite and all those things. Yep. I think one of the big issues that they don't understand is these kids getting recruited were the cream of the crop, the high school stars, the travel stars. Now they're coming in as freshmen and you know, the upperclassmen are eyeballing them. They don't want to lose their playing time over this freshman. So I think that's where they may be underestimated is going, you know, I'm going to get there. You got to realize there's, there's some kids five years older than you. You're 17, you're facing 22 year olds and they don't want to give up their spot. So that's sometimes what kids don't realize is how competitive it's actually going to be. And the fact that you've been a superstar, you're probably not going to be it when you, the second you walk in the door. Yeah, again, that, 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 that jump uh, from high school into college, yeah, that's an eye-opener. And, uh, you know, you talk about a kid being a freshman and, and freshmanitis, yeah, these are all the pressures that go into it. All of a sudden, you look around and say, geez, the guys who are freshmen like me or guys who I'm competing against, they're pretty good. And they have all yep. the credentials that I had. And then the guys who are older than I am, they're, well, they're, they're terrific, too, and they're more experienced. And then, of course, you think about the next year, another group of, uh, a group of uh, freshmen coming in. It's a very, very competitive situation. Yeah, it's fun because you're playing the sport you love, but it is competitive. Let's, let's go back. And just, our... just one thing quickly on yeah. that, too, is people don't realize that Division Three is also extremely competitive. I've heard so many times over the years, you know, I don't know if my son or daughter could play at Clemson or Alabama, but definitely at this Division Three school. People don't see Division Three sports on TV or in person, and they just feel like it's this slight bit over high school. It's absolutely <laughs> not. It's extremely talented level of sports. It, it, I, again, I always, always caution moms and dads and kids when they're, they're thinking about playing uh, Division Three uh, in college. By all means, when you're a junior or in your, in your junior and senior year, go and make the rounds of the Division Three programs in person because you'll be stunned and amazed and impressed at how good the athletes yeah. are at a D3 program. This is not intramural stuff. This is not just a natural progression from high school. It is a huge quantum leap that most kids, quite frankly, don't, aren't even aware of. 
And they just sort of figure, well, I was a star in high school, so how tough can Division Three be? No. <laughs> no, that's not true. Well said. Well no. said. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, let me, let me, let me uh, take a time out here. We're, we're talking with Wayne Mazzoni. Uh, you can find out more about Wayne and his insights about college recruiting at waynemazzoni.com. Uh, obviously, a lot of ground to cover here. I also, when we come back after the, the update, Wayne, I want to talk to you about a lot of kids these days are thinking about doing a PG year. Now, PG year was very popular back in the day uh, with uh, kids who were playing ice hockey, uh, maybe football, but PG years are becoming more and more common, particularly with baseball, for example, and other sports. I want to talk to you about that. Uh, I want to talk to you about, about all the other aspects that go into this ho- the college recruiting process, and, of course, I have a lot of calls coming in as well. one 337 6666 is our number. I'll be back with Wayne after the update. Back here on the Sports Edge, uh, we're talking with Wayne Mazzoni about recruiting this morning. And, of course, uh, we'll get back to your calls in a second. But before we do, as many of you heard last week, I have launched the Ask Coach Wolf channel on YouTube. And I have to say, I'm just delighted with the response so far. Uh, And so, by all means, I'm hoping you'll check it out and subscribe. It's all for free. Just go to YouTube and simply uh, type in Ask Coach Wolf. Uh, Some of the topics I cover, for example, about recruiting you know, one of the lessons uh, I talk about uh, features the five crucial questions that you as a sports parent have to ask uh, any college coach who is recruiting your son or daughter. I mean, as a former college coach myself, I can assure you that these five questions are key and you need the answers in writing from the college coach. Again, it's all on uh, Ask Coach Wolf on YouTube. Okay, let's get back to our calls. Let's go to, uh, to Trevor out in Illinois. Trevor, good morning. You're on the fan. Morning, gentlemen. Great show. Great guest. Yes, thank you. Quick question. Yeah. I have a high school softball sophomore. We've got two junior colleges, two division, or excuse me, six division two, six division ones all lined up. We've we've looked at the majors that she wants to go into, they have. We've looked at um, the academic levels. We've looked at their rosters to see how many players from our area they've had over the last three years. We really know that we want to go junior college. We know there's a 100% scholarship at level one. We've got two good JUCOs that send players to other colleges afterwards. We still want to visit the Division twos and Division threes that are, sorry, ones and twos that we're targeting for her junior year of college. We want to tread lightly. And how do we go about walking that tight line of, we're going to go the junior college route. We want to transfer to you later, but we still want to be on your radar these next few years, these next three four or five years until she's a junior in college. Wayne, what do you think? Yeah, I think you just play that honestly. You just tell coaches, listen, this is the route we're going to go. We still, you know, obviously we're going to have to make a move after that, but rather than wait three years while she's in, you know, the the junior college and busy with sports and classes, we want to take a look now so that we know we're educating ourselves uh, for the next move. I think that's totally fine, assuming – you have a talented player that coaches are going to want, which it sounds like you do. If not, the coaches are not going to be interested in taking a look at her or touring her or meeting with her unless they see that, you know, that, that this could possibly work out in a few years. But otherwise, it's totally normal to just set up those visits. Hey, listen, she's going to go, you know, spend two years in a, in a junior college and then look at the transfer in, and we just want to get our ducks in a row now. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Trevor, it sounds like Great. you've done your homework, and I think, the, as Wayne says, it makes a lot of sense to be upfront and honest and tell the, the D1s that we want to go JUCO for a couple of years, and then we want to hear from you then. 
uh, assuming your daughter continues to progress. Uh, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Thank you. We'll be looking at your channel, and we'll also look at your websites. Thank Great. you very much. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Trevor. You bet. Let's go to, uh, let's go to our friend Jack uh, Smithlin. Uh, Jack, good morning. I guess you went to bed last night. You woke up this morning as a grandfather. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Uh, that's how I was going to start the show. I was going to say, you know, I'm no longer a sports parent. I'm now a sports grandparent. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, Zach had a baby at uh, 12.39 this morning. Luke, he calls him. Yep. And um, the bat is already in the crib, <laughs> so he's ready He's ready to go. Well, I was going to say. Uh, let's, hope, uh, let's set up a I, recruiting visit. Then, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to tell you, Coach, that. If Luke has the speed and the, and the arm, Zach played eight years of pro ball, played at Penn State. Um, you know, if he has any any of that athletic ability, you know, we'll be talking, you know, in the next uh, 10 years or 12 years. But a couple things. One, you talked about the D3. Yeah. Well, Rick knows. I, I just took a coach at D3, and it is grueling. It's not, you know, I'm going to tell you that in my opinion, in my opinion, Baseball-wise and softball-wise, the only difference between the athletes at D3, D2, D1 is really the pitching. You know, the, 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 the defense and the hitters, they're good. They're very good. They're top-notch, you know, and it's so far beyond the high school level. Um, these kids have trained and they've done, they've done their, you know, they've done their homework and they've worked hard to get to where they are. But um, and it's a it's a recruiting, and you know, and they will find you money if 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 they like you. But my question today is this: being that athletes, and Rick has talked about this on his show, being that athletes are going to now get paid possibly yeah. for their names and endorsements, I can see in the future um, the NCAA being faded out here. But as we stand today. The NCAA Eligibility Center, better known as the Clearinghouse, are their rules and regulations still holding up? I mean, you know, I remember when Zach was being recruited, they, you had to have, in order to ever receive any type of money, you had to have a, a, a grade point average and all your grade level. I mean, you had to be top in your class in the top 15 or whatever it is, whatever it was. But a lot of parents, and I, and I do some hitting lessons also, a lot of my kids that I recruit for, the parents never heard of the clearinghouse or the eligibility mm, great center, point. as they call it today. So you know, it's it's such a you know it's such a, a a piece of information that parents have to know about if their kid is that top notch kid. You know, those kids probably won't have problems you know passing the clearinghouse standards as they stand today. But like I said, with athletes getting paid in the future. Or, or, or as soon as possible, um, I possibly see the NCAA having a big problem and them getting well, faded out in the future. Um, so. Jack, I'm glad you brought up Wayne. You know about the clearinghouse, and, and as Jack's point is well made, that it's not really well publicized, but it's still in effect, and you've got to have those academics in order to be eligible to play in college. Yeah, I think there's a good portion of high schools, whether it's the athletic director or the guidance counselors that are doing that, that education and they're letting the kids know. So I'd say 75% of the kids I deal with have already been educated on that or have already enrolled themselves. But there is oftentimes, you know, you'll find a kid that you like and you'll ask for their NCAID, which is what they get after they 
they sign up for that, and they've, they've just never heard of, of any of that. So anyone listening, there's a website, uh, 2.3.org, so it's numbers 2 and .3.org. That's what the NCAA uses, and that's what everyone that aspires to play in college should go and, and educate themselves on what your grades need to be, and then you actually have to formally put yourself in that. The the other piece that he's mentioning, the the paying the athletes, I mean, that's it'll be interesting to see what the other states do if everyone follows suit, but, you know, kind of, I know this is something we're going to discuss, and yeah. I think it's still going to affect very small yeah. number yeah. of programs and athletes. It's really going to be very likely the football and basketball kid who kind of gets famous and popular, maybe a few kids from other sports that, that become popular. It's certainly at most levels of college sports, most kids are not going to be affected by this at all. It's just, you know, there's, there's not going to be an endorsement for, you know, a third string goalie at, at a soccer program. So it's going to affect some people. It's going to be big changes, but the majority of athletics, I don't know how it, what it's really going to do. Jack, thank you as always let, for the let, co- let, let me, let, Can I ask one more question? Yeah, real quick because I got um, no calls here. Okay. I would just ask that other father that just called in. This is questioned me as soon as he said it. Yeah. With all these D- D2s and D1 schools going after his daughter, why are they considering a JUCO school? I, I, that, you know, I don't know if it, it's just another transfer and problems maybe in the future. Um, you know, I don't know why, why, they would, well, why they would choose that. But, you know. You know. could have a number of reasons. It could be just uh, concerns about academics. It could be concerns about okay. the location. Right. Who knows? But, you know, that, uh, JUCOs are, and again, that's, uh, I know. you know, a lot, a lot of JUCO, p- parents don't often realize that JUCOs offer terrific sports and they're a great stepping stone to a D1. I mean, I'm and kidding. a whole lot cheaper. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Forget money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank All you, right. Jack. Congratulations. Thanks, Thank Thanks. you, Rick. You bet. Wayne, great talking to you. Thanks, All right, Jack. you too, Jack. Take care. And, and for those, you know, I'm sure most of you listeners know, Jack is uh, the hitting coach uh, at uh, softball at, at Montclair State, and uh, he just joined the ranks there, and he's very excited about it. Let's move on to, uh, to Randy out in Sayreville. Randy, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, guys. Good morning, uh, Rick. Good yes. morning, Wayne. Hey, real, real hey, quick, uh, my daughter, I mean, she's 35 now, but got recruited by – uh, D1 schools, and uh, this is a really sad story for another girl. Um, and this is what I want to bring up and, and see what Wayne says about this. Um, so my daughter was at a Big East and then a, a little bit below that level uh, being recruited by. So she, she got a scholarship, and it, it, it doesn't this doesn't really affect her. So this other girl who I was really good friends with and uh, uh, the parents they were being recruited by this college and uh, a D1 school and a good program. And uh, she didn't realize, and, and, and I didn't realize it. Believe it or not, I didn't even realize this. But uh, what happened was that she put all her eggs in that basket. And that was the school she, I want to play there. I got to play there. That's the place where I want to play. And I think what you have to do, I mean, and, and Wayne, you tell me this, uh, she was number two or three on the depth chart and didn't know it. And um, right. at the last minute, I guess they took, I guess the girl who was on the number one uh, uh, decided to go there. And uh, she was left out in the cold. And, and I happened to have met a lot of coaches through the four or five years of my daughter being recruited and made a phone call to somebody and said, look, this, this girl can play. I said, and this is what happened. This, I made it, you know, what happened. 
and she ended up going there, and now she is the assistant, and they had moved up the ranks uh, as far as he had left the, this other uh, school, and now he's in the Big East. Well, it's no more the Big East, but she's an assistant with him, and her life is great now. But thank God that I was able to make a phone call. But my point is, of, of this whole thing is, you know, you have to have your eyes open, too, as a parent that, you know, <laughs> don't, don't just look at one college because, you know, they're looking at four or five girls at that position. Randy, let me, let me stop you there because up against a break. But, yeah, your, your, your point is well taken. And, Wayne, I know you're going to respond to this and say, yes, you've got to have all sorts of other options here. Otherwise, if, if they say they're – because the recruits are ranked, and all of a sudden – if your kid's three in the depth chart and the top kid signs on, you're you know you're, it's it's like a case of musical chairs, the music stops. You don't you don't have that scholarship. Yeah, and I think what again and that's going to happen. It has has happened and it will happen again. But again, and this is hopefully the reason I'm on as a college coach. I think people have this impression that like we're just sitting in this high and mighty office going, we want this person and we want this. You know how often we go for kids that we don't get that we. Have a kid that seems like we're their top choice. Wait, let me stop. Let me you stop it, you here because I got to take a break. But I want to get your answer. So let's, let's, we'll, we'll go to the, the update. When we come back, I'll have you finish the, your thoughts because this is a critically, a, a critically important conversation. Okay, thanks. Back with more after this. Hey, don't forget you can listen to WFAN anytime, anywhere. Download the Radio.com app and favorite us today. And if you have a smart speaker, just say play WFAN. We're talking with Wayne Mazzoni. And before the update, uh, we're talking about this case where, you know, you have to understand that uh, if you're a, a sports parent and your kid's looking to be recruited, you know, yeah, there, there's, a, there's usually a ranking order that college coaches have on who they, who's their top recruit. And we're, you know, you got to find out if you're number one or two or three. And, you know, just to count on one school uh, as your top choice, that may not happen. And, Wayne, if you would, just to elucidate a little more about that. Yeah, so there's a couple things. I think, first of all, some kids often will blow off kind of the D3 schools, uh, hoping that they get this, you know, D1, where really they probably are a D3 player. So I think unless you don't like the school for academic or other reasons, location, et cetera, I would sort of keep those conversations going. But what I was saying before the break is, you know, it's it's not easy from the college coaches side. I mean, I'm sure there are certain great colleges that just get their pick of players. The rest of us, the kids that we want and our top kids that we like, we often don't get that they have other options too. The highly right. recruited player yeah. has other options. So from our side, it isn't simple. Like we're going, hey, let's screw around with kids. We realize that we, you know, <laughs> to get one person, you have to sort of be in the mix with, three or four players because you don't know who you're going to get. So it's just an inexact science, and I think it's always going to be. Yeah, and I think that that's important. I'm glad you brought this up. It's a two-way street. The coaches, well, we know this kid's a great, great stud, and we really want to make him or her you know, our top choice. But, you know, that kid knows that a lot of colleges want that kid, and all of a sudden that kid goes someplace else when the college exactly. coach has to figure out, okay, who's number two in the depth chart? Who's number three? It's a really – Day-to-day, as I said, I use the expression, a game of musical chairs, and that's just what it is. So parents, kids, make sure you have not just one, but several possible choices of where you'd like to play ball if you can. 
and, and look upon each one as nothing is given, nothing's definite until it finally is the papers are signed and you're all set. Absolutely. Hey, Wayne, I, I can't take, thank you enough as always. Uh, I, I wish I had more time as always to, to get more of these calls in. So I apologize for all the callers this morning. But obviously you said at the outset, this is a complicated, uh, very difficult process. And, uh, you know, parents have to do their homework. And again, folks, for more information, Go to Wayne's website at waynemazzoni.com. You can find a copy of his guide there on athletic recruiting. Wayne, uh, again, I, I can't thank you enough. Rick, it's always a pleasure. It's been many years we've been doing this, and we haven't figured it all out yet, so we'll keep on going. I hear you loud and clear. Thank you, Wayne. Good talking to you. It's, all right, you too. Take care. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about that yesterday. I, I think I met Wayne about uh, maybe 25, 30 years ago. I think we were doing a... A presentation up at Rockland uh, Community College. Uh, Wayne, obviously, a longtime baseball coach, pitching coach, and I was talking about sports parenting. And over the years, yeah, we've just have stayed in touch, and he just brings a tremendous amount of uh, insight into all this. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Antonio Grillo. Please stick around for JJ. He's got the morning line. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.